Hey everybody, what's going on? This is your boy Christian Israel and you are tuned into the New Creation Capital Podcast. This video is going to be fire and when I mean fire, I mean fire. This is the final knockout study for XRP over Bitcoin. This is what I mean when I say knockout, this is what it's going to look like. I hope you guys are having a wonderful, wonderful day. Of course, you guys know this is New Creation Capital Podcast, a place where we discuss what happens in the world today. Where we talk about stories that focus on current events, the stock market, and digital assets, guys. Where we go one, we go all. This is a new you, a new future, and a new creation, guys. Happy Friday. It is May 15th. You have made it to the end of the week. Congratulations. How is your week doing, guys? I hope you are so ready for today because today's episode is fire. We are talking about XRP versus Bitcoin. The OMFIF did a study. And yes, they say XRP on the distributed ledger technology is better for the banks. And we will go into that. So thank you guys so much for those who are listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Radio Stitcher, Spotify, uh, let's see what else. Did I say Apple Podcasts already? If I did, I'm saying it again. And of course, the Anchor platform where you can partner with me, shoot me a message. I really appreciate it. You could be watching this and you probably are watching this on our YouTube. Thank you so much. I have 121 subscribers now. Man, that has jumped so much in one week. So thank you guys so much. So before I move on, let me tell you and remind you right now. Okay, here we go. This is important. This video I'm doing giveaways for on Monday. Now, what do I mean by that? So if this if this video gets 50 likes, okay, 50 likes is the goal for this video. And then whoever comments is eligible for the giveaway. Hear me again. 50 likes makes the video eligible. And whoever writes in the comments is eligible for one of two things. One, a Nano Ledger S, because no one claimed it from the last video. So I'm giving away a Nano Ledger S on Monday, and I'm giving away 50 XRP on in Monday's video. Again, this video right here, 50 likes, and whoever comments is qualified, guys. So in the meantime, if you are new to this channel, please hit the subscribe button right there. Throw a comment in right now, and we can jump in here soon. I'm going to not do the whole big thing today, but I want to make sure that you guys... Follow me on Twitter at New Creation Cap. Thank you guys to who are following there. I really appreciate your support. And of course, you guys know that on the Publish OX website, if it actually loads, there we go. This is a cryptocurrency based blog website, guys. I put everything up here. Yesterday's episode was 48. We talked about XRPs and the call for the World Bank and the IMF death cancellation. You can go there and you can find uh, the audio and the video. So you click on here, and I always put these links in the description. You can click on here and you can go right here and see all the links of everything that I talk about in the video. You can see the YouTube video right there, and you can listen on your favorite podcast. And of course, what you really wanna do is click here and join the new creation cronies. If you're not there, you can also go right here to any video if you click on this is probably going to play, but if you click on any video, right, you click on any video right there, join the chat, kick it with us. Last video got 18 comments and 11 likes, 50 likes, guys, and I am doing the giveaway for NanoLedger S and 50 XRP. Come on, we can do that. We can do this. We can do this, guys. So again, today's episode, this is what we are talking about, by the way, XRP versus Bitcoin. Distributed ledger technology, not necessarily first blockchain, but that's how it's compared to here. And the OMF for episode 49 says DLT is better. So guys, this is going to be a slightly long video because I'm going to do a real deep dive into this because this argument that is going out there is crazy to me. And you see uh, uh, all the 
all the Bitcoin maximalists, right? We saw that green eggs and ham or to the lifeboats uh, little video there where they're all talking about not understanding. This is the video right now that you're going to shoot to them. I'll put a link to this study in the description so people can shoot it out, screenshot, do what you want, but just let them know it came from New Creation Cap. Send this to Tony Vase and all those Bitcoin maximalists or all those people who don't think XRP is going to work. This is the final knockout punch, I am telling you. So who are the OMFIF? Okay, that is the question. Who are the OMFIF? I'll show you. They are right here. The OMFIF is the Official Monetary and Financial Institutions Forum. It is an independent think tank for central banking, economic policy, and public investment. A neutral platform for the best practice in worldwide public-private sector. Okay, So these guys are literally work for the central banks. They are the guys who do all their uh, decision help with their research and decision making when it comes to investments. So these guys are important. They've been around since 2010. They've now been around for 10 years. And so we're going to dive specifically into their article here. Let me zoom up because I was doing my research last night, all night. Okay, and this is literally their research right here. It says the role of banking, the role in banking, future prospects of cross-border payments. So we're going to dive into this article right now. You don't want to miss it. Make sure right now. If you are a Bitcoin person, write in the comments why this is right or wrong. If you are an XRP person, write in the comments at the same. Let me know. Hit the like button right now and let's jump in. I'm going to zoom in so you guys get a nice screen here. And we're going to break this down, guys. So are you ready? Let's go. All right. So we have section one, the blockchain solution. What is blockchain, the industry approach and regulation? Section two talks about the future trends for blockchain and banking technology considerations for future implementation implementation, regulatory, and government challenges that remain. Then we have the conclusion, of course. So here's what this study is all about. Are you ready? It says, in this con consultation paper, the OMFIF and the CCBU investigate the effects on blockchain and distributed ledger technology on financial institutions' business models. The study focuses on motivations underpinning financial institutions' decision to adopt blockchain, their participation in consortium, groups of companies collaborating to, de uh, to develop the common objectives and standards for blockchain and DLT, and the critical practices and lessons they have learned so far. It is based, now this is important, listen to here, it is based on in-depth interviews with representatives of major global banks and financial technology companies. The people we spoke to are innovation officers and managers responsible for deploying practical blockchain and DLT use cases in areas like cross-border payments, trade finance, and foreign settlement exchange, foreign exchange settlement. OMFI, OMFIF and CCBU engage with experts representing other diverse perspectives and sectors, including fintech and technology providers from the blockchain and DLT industry. Analysis of financial technology regulation and public policy papers complements our research. Contributors' insights are reflected throughout this paper and summarized faithfully to give an overview of blockchain and DLT in the financial industry, as well as the opportunities and risks that major global banks face by innovating in this field. So you see there, directly talking about DLT, distributed ledger technology, we know there's one big dog in there, and we know that's Ripple Labs and XRP, and then we know that Hedera Hashgraph also is on distributed ledger technology. But these are big representatives, and these guys have been around. They're working with banks. We see it says FinTech. It says right here. Let me make sure I highlight this for you, okay? Let's see. Right here. This part. It's based on in-depth interviews with representatives of major global banks, financial technology companies. The people we spoke to are innovation officers and managers responsible for deploying practical blockchain, DLT use cases in areas like cross-border payments, trade finance, and foreign exchange settlement, guys. So that's the big part there. Let's go ahead and jump in and just jump into this. I will do my best to uh, just read this article to you and break it down. It is 32 pages, but not everything is, we're not gonna go over every single thing today, okay? So here, it says here, 
Section 1, the blockchain solution. Major banks and financial institutions are realizing that blockchain technology could vastly improve the um, efficiency of their processes, particular and cross-border payments, and reduce costs. Many have joined forces to research new applications through regulatory barriers that remain. Here we go. Blockchain functions and limitations. Distributed ledger technologies collectively known as blockchains or blockchain-based platforms, have moved the margins of public interest to be touted as a paradigm-changing technologies. At their core, blockchain and distributed ledger technologies are novel systems to digitally manage data in decentralized manners, transforming how individual companies and institutions can transact and trade with each other. Mainstream interest in blockchain arose after 2008 financial crisis in tandem with the development of the world's first peer-to-peer cryptocurrencies. We know this, so what is it, right? Its best-known application is Bitcoin. The cryptocurrency developed by Satoshi Nakamoto in 2008, Bitcoin employs blockchain technology to allow, in principle, an anonymous individual or entity to perform transactions without a trusted third party. Of other subsequent uh, subsequent public blockchains such as ethereum are based on similar principles however bitcoin's lack okay let me make sure i let me let me, let me make sure i go ahead and highlight that highlight that all right however bitcoin's lack of wider integration with technology infrastructures and its uncertain position in existing regulatory framework have hampered mass adoption of blockchain blockchain being bitcoin here okay Large businesses and governments are increasingly interested in exploring the potential merits of blockchain and DLT that governments are interested. In contrast to Bitcoin's open architecture, the development of enterprise-grade blockchains in the financial industry and the other economic sectors have focused on permissioned systems. Federated blockchain models offer the most promise as potential enterprise-grade system within financial services and other industries. Smaller settings require fewer nodes to generate consensus and therefore do not need nearly as much computer computational capacity to secure the network allowing for greater scalability. Sound familiar? Unlike public blockchains, Bitcoin, there is no need to incentivize validators, right? We got the miners. They need to be incentivized. These responsible for verifying transactions within, within a blockchain to compete with hashing power for cryptocurrency rewards as maintaining network security is a shared interest. In effect, the financial sector is prioritizing blockchain models that can offer security and scalability rather than decentralization. So right there you're hearing. Blockchain and Bitcoin, the only reason it works because the miners are incentivized. That's it, right? That's it. Here uh, in the DLT for privacy, blockchain it's not in center it's smaller less computing power and its scalability so let's break these down all right public blockchain versus consortium blockchain versus private blockchain here you guys go for all you guys that don't know this is 101 right here okay the public blockchain is managed by everybody it is considered decentralized governance it's very difficult to change the rule that it has been made right so if there's a rule in it it's done mining for instance Transaction speed. Difficult to expand the network and transaction speed is slow. We see that with Bitcoin. We think I think it's very slow compared to some others. You know, it took 30 minutes for me to transfer uh, some Bitcoin the other day to trade it. XRP and some other things have taken, I don't know, less than three minutes total from the start of the transaction to the end. Not just hitting it. I mean, the exchange actually saying, okay, we approve it. All right, let's go. Data access. Everyone can access the data for the blockchain or for Bitcoin. Uh, it's pseudo-anonymous. It's sort of anonymous, but we all have, like I call them the social security numbers, right? Transaction proof. Proof of transactions decided by algorithms such as proof of work or proof of stake and cannot be known in advance. The example of this is all Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is a public blockchain, a consortium blockchain. Uh, the, the managing entity is everyone that's involved in the consortium. The governance rules can be changed easily through the agreement among consortium members, so it's easy to manage. Transaction speed, easy to expand the network and transaction speed is fast. Data access, only authorized users can access it. That's good because now you're not looking at everyone's information. Uh, identifiability, I can't say that word. It's identifiable. <laughs> transaction proof, proof of transaction is known through authentication. 
Okay, and transaction verification and block generation are made according to the rules in advance. Examples, R3, Hyperledger Fabric, Quorum, Ethereum. We're familiar with those, right? R3, Hyperledger, and we'll go into Ripple. This article does go directly at Ripple. Private blockchain, one central institution holds all authority. Okay, rules could be changed easily according to the decision made by the central institution. Very easy to expand and transaction speed is fast. Only authorized users may access it. It's also identifiable. Proof of transaction is made by central institutions. Here's our examples. Link, uh, Link, I can't say that. A stock exchange platform for NASDAQ and unlisted companies. Okay, so there you go. Here's an industry approach, okay? After the initial hype, industry proponents have adopted a more pragmatic approach. Focus on pain points in existing business from the perspective of efficiency and cost savings. This is a departure from blockchain's earlier days, when it was touted as a generator of digital transformation and a new revenue driver. Contrasting technology and fintech startups form or participate in technology consortium, with blockchain technology still in its nascent phase being part of a consortium is more cost-effective way to share information. Learn about the underlying technology, grow the community to garner network effects, and nurture an internal innovation culture. Now, let's maximize the benefits and eliminate the risks, right? That's kind of the point. The properties of blockchain are especially suited to maximizing mutual benefits and eliminating business risk from collaboration and co-investment. Blockchain enables banks to work together on a common solution using a decentralized database database for one major mark okay for one major bank many advantages of blockchain such as immutability are useful but really the core tenet is the idea of decentralized data that allows many countries and competitors to work and co-invest on a common platform Everyone keeps their own data and only permission certain data to each other when they want to interact and trade. So I'm going to let you see my transaction from bank one to bank A, but you don't need to see my balance, right? Period. Everyone keeps their own data. That's important. While novel use cases or business cases for blockchain are still emerging, some of the common areas it has been applied to in the financial industry include know your customer procedures, we know KYC, trade finance, primary security assurance, the technology suits various core banking functions and back office scenarios such as payments, clearing, and settlement. The industry has identified five main, five main pain points that distributed ledger technology could address security, speed, transparency, traceability, risk, cost management. Okay, so all the issues they say that, that Bitcoin has, okay, DLT could address. So, let me finish that sentence. The centralized nature of leg legacy financial systems make them vulnerable to single points of failure. Okay, for example, a single point attack on an intermarry responsible for payments, clearing, or settlement could suspend services for the entire system, leading to a widespread outrages among payment services. By creating a distributed network, a DLT-based system could eliminate these single points. Speed remains an issue legacy systems. For instance, so if there's an attack in Mina, the 51 miners in China shut the Bitcoin thing down, it's over with. It's over with, guys. No transaction. You're holding on to something completely useless because you can't transact it. It's done. It's over with. Period. One set of base controls it all, and that's what they're saying here. That's an issue. Speed also remains an issue in legacy systems like Bitcoin. Authentication, verification, and data sharing are usually manually undertaken by different intermediaries. For example, in trade finance, a shipment of goods could be delayed due to the multiple checks by intermediaries and numerous communication points, something like blockchain verification. Multiple platforms and different data recording methods could cause fraud or audit issues if there are multiple versions of the truth or errors in a way information is stored. At its core, blockchain is a ledger offering visibility into the entire lifespan of a transaction or value exchange within a bank's operations. So, right, you see you can follow one transaction on the blockchain all over the place, and you can always see exactly where it's going. Bitcoin, any transaction, that's why they have those uh, those cleaning little sites, why right? you can wash your Bitcoin transactions. We see that. 
It can reduce the need for expensive and time-consuming third-party verifications along a payment process or funds. Transfer. Documents can be linked and accessible through blockchain and reviewed and proved in real time, reducing the time it takes to initiate the shipment of a good and delivering fast. Okay? Let's see here. Let's see here. Current banking models require a trusted third-party intermediary remove the credit risk and between two parties in a transaction. Credit risk is present when one leg of the transaction is made first, such as the delivery of goods or an asset or a cash payment, meaning there is no guarantee that the second leg of that transaction will occur. DLT platforms allow the recording of transactions of any arbitrary asset, money, equities, bonds, over-the-counter third, over-the-counter derivatives. I think this is important. I'm going to highlight this part here. DLT platforms allow the recording of transactions of any arbitrary asset, money equities, bonds, over-the-counter derivatives, as well as cash, allowing multiple simultaneous changes to the ledger. This would mean that the concept of delivery versus payment, okay, where one asset changes hands only if the other asset does as well, can be achieved simultaneously with no ambiguity, 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 as to which leg occurred first. This extends to invoices and payments. Two parties can know the status of an invoice at any time, and the payment can settle at the exact moment the invoice mark is as paid, with both parties having visibility of this change of status. This could mean that transactions recorded on the DLT ledger could aggregate be cheaper than transactions recorded on multiple siloed accounts and remove the credit risk the greatest return okay let me see that's uh here we go i'm gonna i'm gonna zoom down real quick uh, actually no i'm not respondents say the greatest return from blockchain was its use for cross-border payments banks identify several pain points causing inefficiencies costs and risks of daily operations most of these surveyed expected faster payments all the banks especially across borders to be most important use case one respondent notes that the blockchain could help solve some of the most cumbersome issues in payment systems, cross-border payments, as well as extending the opening hours of central bank payments. Decentralized infrastructure will identify as key objectives overall. So before I go into that, here's the spotlight, okay? It says here, spotlight blockchain trade from identifying these inefficiencies pain points, the industry has developed a number of blockchain use cases. One prominent use case is trade finance, facilitating the movement of physical goods. Uh, commodities is burdensome with paper process such as issuing letters of credit, bills of lading, invoices used to reduce payment and deliver risks. DLT can speed up transaction settlement time, which currently takes days. We're talking about SWIFT now. Increase transparency between all parties of a trade. Free up capital that would otherwise be used to pre-fund the finance transactions. For example, China Construction Bank launched BCT, BC Trade, a blockchain trading platform of which 20 financial institutions are members. So far, 3,000 users from banks, manufacturers, and port export trading firms have used the platform to transact more than that money and forfeiting domestic letters of credit, international factoring and refactoring and logistic systems, okay? So, let's see. That is the gist of that part. Uh, I, I know there's, okay, yep. This is the last part I'm going to read and then we'll break down some of the charts, okay, guys? Bear with me. This is crazy important. Hold on. What's this on the side? It says here. Cross-border, and I'm, I'm over here, by the way, so you can see where I'm at. Cross-border payments dominates use cases. Blockchain use cases 2019. And here we go. This is from 2019, just a couple months ago. And you see here, regulatory compliance, seven. Assets of good, nine. Lot lineage of, uh, this is what the banks want, by the way. Cross-border settlements, boom, 48 others, okay? This is what is cross-border dominates use cases. So those are the use case. All right, let's read this last part here. It says, Industry focused on cross-border payments. The banks surveyed are largely concerned about pain points and cross-border payments, particularly high cost and high cost and inefficient processes. 
Respondents feel that DLT would provide the tools to surmount these issues. A 2019 Institutional Deposit Corporate study on blockchain found that cross-border payments was the use case receiving most annual investment at $453 million, equivalent to 16% of the market. That's this uh, figure we saw over there. Let's see. Proponents of blockchain maintain that DLT offers several advantages over current payment technologies, Bitcoin and SWIFT. These include facilitating near fractionless settlement time at any global interoperability, high security, and ultimate quicker and lower cross transactions. To understand rationale and use cases for blockchain technology and cross-border payments, the next section examines the incumbent methods for inter international transactions and their principal limitations and disadvantages. The cross-border payment system relies heavily on coarse banking, banking networks facilitated by financial intermediaries at multiple levels, okay? So, it says a correspondent bank will either have a Nostro or a Vostro account with counterpart banking in another. Uh, yeah, in another. So, here we go. I'm going to break down the charts from here on out. That's a direct comparison, okay? Here we go. So, this basically is regulation concerns across applications. So, here's their banking concerns, and we're going to go into solution, right? There's a solution. Find me a problem. Regulatory concerns across applications. It says here, typical actors. Okay, so here's who has. You have the banks, fintech firms, incumbent services, providers like Swift. Okay, and this is your back office. And then, uh, let's see here. Banks and fintechs are your compliance. We see that. Uh, means of payment, typically fintech firms. Now big tech have some banks on limited firms. You got the central banks. Okay. Central bank digital currencies are the bottom central banks. All right. Let me zoom out so we can see this whole thing. I want you guys to be able to see it. Hopefully you can see that nicely. Okay. So then in blockchain and DLT use case, you got JP Morgan Interbank Information Network, Settlement, Clearing System, City, NASDAQ, Black Blockchain, Interbank Foreign Exchange, Settlement, HSBC Exchange, Everywhere Network. And this is all the back office, okay? Strategic innovation, motivation, digital transformation, strategic, but excuse me, but methodic, uh, method, I cannot speak this morning. I'm trying to do this earlier and my mouth is not working. It never works. Uh, let's see, regulatory concerns over the back office, okay? Uh, they got legality, contractual, enforceability of transactions, and settlement finality, driving base layer interoperability and common technical concerns. Then you got compliance, KYC, you got the banks, you got SWIFT, um, customer compliance, KYC, again, all of the above, regulatory concerns, means of payment. Here we go. Typically, fintech firms, now big tech firms, some banks on a limited basis. Retail remittances, bank-to-bank uh, -bank payment solutions, Ripple's XRP, by the way, that's here, okay? So this is under uh, blockchain and DLT use cases. Okay, I just want to show you where I'm at. Ripple's XRP, Facebook's Libra, Visa's Business to Business, Santander, One Payment Exchange. All right. Let's see here. Uh, central bank digital currencies are led by the central banks. Uh, the People's Bank of China, um, Rick's Bank, E-Krona, among others, to issue CBDCs. All right. So let's go here. Here we go. So this is SWIFT's banking system, which we've gone to. So this is the current banking system. This is their problem. All right. So far, they have the U.S. Bank. Uh, so we have here. Let me see. if you, Can you see my see that mouse up there on that top left block? Okay. Bank A wires it down to Bank B. Goes into a relationship through SWIFT. Then SWIFT moves it to Brussels. Brussels goes to Germany. Okay. So this is the current thing using a Nostro, a Nostro as an account. By the way, no, you hear XRP talking about Nostro and Vostro, right? Well, Brad Garlinghouse, anyway. A Nostro is an account of a local bank held by a corresponding bank in another country. Okay, a Vostro is an account of a foreign corresponding bank held by a local bank in its domestic currency. This reciprocal system of accounts facilitates foreign exchange transactions and flow funds between countries. Okay, let's talk about SWIFT. SWIFT's network allows participants to exchange electronic messages detailing instructions for cross-border payments. However, it provides neither clearing nor settlement. Okay, that's important. 
Consequently, cross-border payments are generally more cumbersome and expensive than domestic due to the number of financial institutions. So it's basically, as we know, costing them more money, okay? It is costing them more money. And we see here, here's the international client correspondent banking. Basically, less work is being done. So they want to alleviate the pain points for cross-border payments, okay? I did you I did the intro, now I'm gonna kind of go through the the deep dive. Again, this link will be in the description if you want to read this whole article. I'm gonna give you the highlights from here on out, okay? Here, blockchain-based port assistance was offered several advantages in streaming verification and procedures. It says here, the reduction of intermediaries such as correspondent banks or central banks can help minimize charges incurred among the blockchain, all right? So I think that's important. It's saying it can be cheaper. Uh, here's a 2017 actual study estimate that the full-scale blockchain adoption among global investment banks could reduce reconciliation time and other infrastructure costs by 30% on average, an amount ranging from $8 to $12 billion. So they can save $8 to $12 billion by using a DLT-based. Our respondents note that this is the most important way in which DLT and cross-border payments can achieve cross-savings. How? If a commercial bank issues the coin or a stable coin, this can lead to credit and or legal risk. So they don't want to do that. It says here, back it up. The main pain system of intermediaries doing away old respondent banks, central banks opening hours, slowly settlement finality, and preventing the risk of market risks which can arise from cryptocurrencies or credit risk. If a commercial bank issues a coin or a stable coin, this can lead to credit or legal risks. Our respondents note that this is the most important way DLT and cross-border payments can achieve, uh, can achieve key cost savings. <clears throat> One bank shares that DLT is valuable as getting rid of single point of failure decentralization validation and synchronization re reduces systematic risk. Synchronizing payments could allow blockchain and DLT to mag mitigate settlement risk along a payment chain. Thus, blockchain technologies could streamline processing times, improve risk, manage processes, cut back office costs involving reconciliation data across organizations. Then we talk here about the shift tokenization. Okay, that's important. And it says here, DLT-based transactions could allow for the authentication and value exchange payment objectives tokens to be verified independently, pre preluding the need for messaging, clearing, and system settlement. Okay, that's important here. The question of momentum and timeline is important. The large financial institutions tend to be conservative in their approach to DLT. Before de delving headfirst into new endeavors, banks want to make sure the technology is right, that they can secure regular approval first, guys. And this is important. Patience is important. Patience, guys, because what we see here, people are like, why isn't XRP's price going up? Why isn't it going up? Why isn't it going up? Look at Bitcoin's price. It's at $9,000, right? Price is a distraction. Point blank period. When the banks come on, they're full on, but they're waiting. They are waiting, okay? They are waiting. And here, here's the key right here. Here's the key sentence, and it's right above here. It says, many respondents have emphasized that while there are feasible alternative solutions across border payments, e.g. SWIFT, blockchain and DLT has have proven to be catalysts to push the financial industry outdated infrastructure to cuss technology upgrading. You hear it all the time. Trump says all the time. 40-year-old technology. So here's the gist of it. Nostrovoso liquidity. What XRP is and Ripple are going for. They're also going to take down foreign exchange costs. They're also payment operations. Compliance is what they're working on right now to take care of the overhead and network management through nodes. So we know about that. There's your link. <clears throat> Here's how the blockchain works as of now. Bank A to bank D, bank A down to bank B. You're able to move, but still here, they still have a relationship between here. What benefits does blockchain bring in when leveraged? got cross-border money transfer. That's what this says here, okay? Uh, it says, along. I'm gonna read the sideline. Along the way, the better understanding and more knowledge of blockchain, these banks create their own use cases, move to bigger projects. They see blockchain as an opportunity to create new and other banks. Now, I think this is important because you see here, some banks are gonna be able to have their own blockchain, but it's still gonna run on the DLT, distributed ledger technology, okay? Now here, an increasing order of potential disruption, blockchain and DLT innovations might alter back office process compliance means of payments. To the extent that DLT could lower back office costs, increase efficiency and compliance, these innovations could facilitate 
an orderly transaction where incumbent financial institutions gradually deploy new technologies. However, other products and business services derived from DLT, such as the token, token-based payment systems, could bypass existing MRA stimulate more disruptive shifts in the market. So the tokenization of assets, tokenization of payments, that is going to move it up. That can happen on the DLT, on the distributed ledger technology. Are you guys seeing this? Okay, so we have banks commit to um, met. I don't know why I can't say that word this morning. Digital transformation. Okay, here's your approach. Large global banks are JP led, built partner and invest. You got your smaller banks that are signature bank um, with fintechs. You got your fintech cryptos. Okay, these are your bank led cryptos right here. Ripple partner with banks and financial institutions. Central banks project learn monitor incremental. And it goes across it here. So I'm going to go right here with the fintech cripples, all uh, cryptos, all their issues here. Just to save time on this video because I don't want this video to be two hours long. Okay, Ripple partner with banks and financial institutions. Innovation, scalability, crypto econ economy. Young population built from the bottom up for payments. It's an alternative to SWIFT. Solutions to non-bank, business to customer mass market. Retail remittance, okay? SM, SME payment solutions. Now, here it is. Tokenization, availability, and characteristics. This is jackpot. So, with the big ones, JP Morgan will have their own blockchain. They're going to use the JPM coin, which is pegged to the dollar. That's their goal. You're going to have some smaller commercial banks also with their own private token backed by bank deposit, digital cash, digital wallet. And we hear that with the Fed accounts, right? within their own network. And here we go, XRP will be publicly traded over exchanges and not necessarily controlled by Ripple, but the Ripple network and the nodes, okay? Ripple is decentralized. JP, uh, JP Morgan run on Quorum, and then you're gonna have some of those things on the private Ethereum. Here, with the other central banks, Quorum R3 alternative, alternative distributed ledger technology, even non-blockchain. Okay, you're going to have live daily transaction volumes, hundreds of millions volume transactions, big, okay? You have past the people, uh, POC stage, cross-border phase five, kind of how all that's going to work. Not regulated, only technology. I think that's as of right now. We're still working on regulation. Information share in peace is live. First blockchain-based payment system by U.S. Bank Regulator, okay? Now, if you guys don't know this, Okay, this is just a study of how it works. If you don't know this, by the way, Ripple is in everything I'm naming here. They're already behind all this. Okay, so here's a spotlight on JP Morgan's interbank information. Okay, uh, AP more. Uh, this goes more into it. There's no need for that. Again, this will be in the description. I will go over the next part here, which spotlights Ripple. Okay, that's a spotlight right in this study, right here. It says. Rather than compete with large banking companies, Ripple plans to partner with leading financial institutions and provide them with blockchain solution. Instead of converting dollars into other currencies, which entails exchange rate costs, processing fees, and slow transaction times, one bank transfer, for example, $5 million worth of XRP to another bank's Ripple portfolio, which can then be converted into local currency. Ripple is seeking position itself as an alternative to SWIFT, its software controls the re relevant banks, funds, and updates each party's accounting books. The settlement process is completed in seconds by consolidating liquidity to service international payments from many disjointed international Nostro accounts into one XRP pool. Respondent banks allocate less total liquidity to service the same volume of global payments. The bank only has to hold its domestic currency maintain one account of XRP with only enough XRP to service its largest expected payment obligation. The process minimizes the number of in intermediaries and their markup spreads. So basically, a bank holds XRP, whatever the dollar amount of XRP, that's all they need to move the money, period. They just need XRP and they can move the money. You can only achieve success and gain interest from all the different parties if you start with sufficient core coverage, and that's why I need to participate in a consortium. Okay, so let's see here. Um, there's other stuff here. Find common specific terms of consortium. That's not it. Okay. 
This guy, that's more consortium stuff, consortium stuff. Okay. For a legacy system to work on a newly implemented DLT system, it would have to be able to interpret and transform these transaction messages and recorded them on a ledger. This system must be able to execute a transaction from its end and export it so the older systems based on ISO 2022. We talked about, you've seen that in the news right here, guys, that Art, that Ripple is working with them and that Swift got their last chance. They have till the end of May to deal with it or they're being replaced and you see it right there. One of the drawbacks of Swiss is that it is a member based membership based therefore its services are limited. Swift is limited. So this is basically saying why they don't want Swift. We already saw that why they don't want Bitcoin. Now here's why they don't want Swift. So they're working on their standards but they say they're still in the early stage. The international standards organization is working on a series of blockchain and DLT standards. So that means everyone's on the same plan. ISO plans to develop a terminology standard in 2020. That is right now. They're, the, the standard is in 2020. They are making it right now. We see here, R3 and Hyperledger are leading private efforts to establish standards. R3 and Hyperledger, we've seen that, right? They're working with Ripple. Now, Ethereum, we saw that Ethereum is, all this stuff is going to be ran on Ethereum. Just my personal, personal preference there, or personal thought. However, Ethereum organizations such as Enterprise Ethereum Alliance and ISO argue for more global public standard methods to maximize interoperability. So they want not just local, but global. So everyone can be on the same system, guys, on the same system. Let's see here. What is the rest of it? Um, Hyperledger is an explicit IP clause where it's unclear where R3 lies. Let's see. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Here's your core from R3 Quorum Hyperledger Fabric. It's all right here. Industry-focused financial services, right? R3 Consortium. Quorum is cross-industry. Hyperledger is also cross-industry. Linux Foundation. You see JP Morgan Trust. I'll let you guys look at this. There's no need for me to break all that down. But here, uh, 500 trend. Now, this is important. Uh, approximately 550 transactions per second. Okay, that's R3. The Quorum, approximately 600 transactions per second. Hyperledger Fabric, more than 2,000 transactions per second. Big, okay? All right, There's this is going into regulation. That's Know Your Customer, uh, U.S. Regulatory Considerations. This is where we're at right now. So let's see. The U.S. agencies working on cryptocurrency regulations are the Securities and Exchange and the SEC, the Federal Trade Commission, which is the uh, CFTC, Department of Treasury, and the, inter and the IRS and the Federal Crimes Enforcement Network, okay? So there are no formal regulations yet. We all know that they are working on it. However, the sale of cryptocurrency is regulated if it constitutes the sale of a security under the federal law or money tra uh, transmission under state law. We know that, right? We know the sale falls under FINSA. FinCEN, we've talked about that before. Let's see, no need to know that. Um... Here, here we go. With the stablecoin, similar considerations must be taken. This is referring to the Bank Secrecy Act, by the way. The SEC notes that the labeling of a digital asset as a stablecoin does not affect the regulatory status. Just because it's stablecoin doesn't mean it doesn't fall under everything else. Instead, it depends on the facts and circumstances analysis of the econo economic reality, meaning securities regulation could apply. If a stablecoin exhibits the properties of a deposit, this will trigger bank regulatory license. So if you deposit something and it's considered a stable train, it goes under there. The CFTC commission, by the way, is all about anti-fraud and anti-manipulation. All right, let's see here. Um, there needs to be coordination into the detail addresses and some interpretive issues to make sure parties are aligned, not only in the outcomes, but also. So everyone needs to be on the same page. By the way, I think this is just an interesting, uh, right here, this. This whole snakes around the angels, this this to me is just, uh, then you got the Santa Maria over here. This, by the way, just if you know symbolism, this is crazy symbolism here. Okay, so let's see here. Um, the global financial network are, first step, are taking first steps towards expanding the regulatory convergence. First founded in January 2019, and we've gone over this on this. UK's, we actually went over their uh, their paper, their paper of this. Okay, because their primary primary goal is to help regulators share experience of innovation and, and respective markets, including emerging technology and business models. It also aims to provide accessible regulatory contact information. All right, moving on. 
So here we go. This is kind of another um, based on regulation. So I'll, I'll take my time and let you look through that on your own. I'll move it nice and slow so you can see, okay? Do, 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 do. Music, music, music makes the world go round. Okay, so moving on. Let's see here. Uh, where's the next part that I wanted to read to you guys? Okay, here's the outlook. The new future of blockchain have emerged over the years. Technology will continue to evolve. We got that. We know it's going to happen. Here we go. Nearly all bank respondents are prioritizing payment solutions in the next 12 months, guys. So over the next year, it's happening. They say DLT features are most uh, complementary to the process involved in running a payment system. They use cases and likely to offer the highest return and investment in the long run. And that's that's the key to this whole point, why they're going to not use Bitcoin or Swift, why they're going to use XRP, which we saw them and the distributed ledger technology as well as their own blockchains. And that's the whole key right there is they're going to make more money off of it. That's it. It's all about money. In the near term, there will be greater adoption of stable coins, largely fiat backed. This will be driven by Facebook, Libra, and projects such as Finality and JP Morgan Stablecoin. Central bank digital currencies will become a reality with the People's Bank of China set to first issue later this year. That's actually this month. Interoperability across blockchain platforms will improve. The difference between the major blockchain protocols remains significant, but there is an open dialogue for collaboration, again, and researching how assets on different chains can coexist. Stellar, which is XLM, XRP, Ethereum, Hyperledger. They're all going to run together somehow, some way, okay? Which is likely to result in successful cross-blockchain pilots in the coming months. That's it. Also, you have opportunity in trade finance, right? They're going to move it. As mentioned on page six, DLT offers significant benefits of speed, transparency, and freeing up capital. That's the key to free up capital. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, you got all the banks mentioned right there, who they trade with, uh, R3, Quorum. Uh, let's see here. Getting close to my hour point, so let me see here. Uh, okay, here's another one. Steady increase of tokenization of assets. Who's that sound like? Ripple and XRP. Using DLT will allow continuous peer-to-peer um, -peer and delivery versus payment settlement globally. Okay. This application of DLT will massively de-risk payment settlement. Comment uh, one bank. So basically it makes it trustless. I don't have to trust you. It's moving forward. And they're they're making the argument right here. Okay. Oh, here's the Australian. World Bank issued this two-year blockchain bond was managed by Commonwealth Bank of Australia, raising $80 million in its first insurance. We already know right there who is working with the Australian Corridor. DLT will improve clearing and settlement. Okay, boom. Uh, DLT will integrate with other technologies. Success will drive wilder adoption, right? As each smaller bank happens, one will go. So here we go. One bank respondent says the challenge will be to link DLT to other technologies like analytics and data analytics. DLT is not only technology that offers potential and so to drive the value of the DLT systems. It will need to work in a holistic manner. We already see that. They said they want to be the Amazon of the internet of value. Okay. Let's see. Uh, these are technology considerations in the future. Um, here we go. So this is what we're looking at. Okay. 2018. You have present from 20... To the cryptocurrency payments, remittance, private blockchain, simple smart contract digital certification. Over the next few years, blockchain, they say blockchain 2.0. Here's your timeline. Blockchain 2.0. Digital identity. We talked about that. Some complex smart contracts, asset ownership, complex exchange, uh, electronic health record management, public issue digital CBDCs. That's from 20 to 2022. And beyond you have complex, advanced financial and decentralization management governments, liquidation of physical assets. That's tokenization, guys. Cross-system integration. All right. Let's see here. Um, what's the other part? When selecting potential blockchain-related solutions, banks have several options. With both incumbents, new players develop new technology servers and employ blockchain and DLT. Some, such as J.P. Morgan, Chase, and Goldman Sachs, are opting to develop in-house capabilities. Right? We see that. That's J.P. Morgan wants to do the J.P. Morgan coin, 
which Brad Garlinghouse talks about this. And I might do, I might find videos based on this whole thing and just boom, boom, boom and connect videos based on this so you can answer all these, so I can answer all these questions. Or anybody who wants to do that, be my guest. But I think that might be the next step I'll work on because this, they, this is literally ripple all over the place. This is everything they're describing. The issue is, is current system with SWIFT and the current payment system and how Bitcoin is not going to work and their blockchain is not going to work. But here's how DLT can help every single thing basically. Um, and I think that's pretty awesome. All right. So let's see. Let's see. Let's see. We start by determining what what we want to do, what our clients want, and whether the technology will help them or not. We just try to find the best way to solve a specific problem, period. That's what they're trying to do. Let's see here. Um, looking, 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 looking. Let's see, should projects slow their preference members feel compelled to look elsewhere? One responding knowledge motivate. We will continue to monitor. Okay, here we go. Maintaining interest and focus uh, among consortium members who are also neutral competitors is essential. Should projects seem less relevant or slow for their preferences, the members may feel compelled to look elsewhere to newer consortium, bringing with them experience and information. For instance, Morgan Stanley, Santander, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan have all left R3 to embark on different projects, right? They don't want to use R3, but they're going to have to. Anyway, one says this is their motivation. We still continue to monitor other initiatives because we don't want to be like a donkey or a mule and looking only at the consortium that we choose. They don't want to be blind. They're still watching, okay? I think that's important. They, 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 they are seeing it. They're trying to do their own because... The banks want to stay in power, and this is the key. The banks want to stay in power. So they're going to try to develop, but it's already too late. It's already too late. If, for example, we have a new blockchain interest, then we can use the network consortium to create a nucleus for a new DLT project or prototypes that we can that we would like to develop. So they're going to want to, but they're only going to be with inside their own banking system. So when they want to go to another bank or they want to go across borders, that's not their bank. It's an issue. And as Brad Garlinghouse says, why not just use the regular dollar then? You're just using the regular dollar. There's no difference. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Active based. All right. Dark box. I think this is interesting here. Use cases are intended for illicit objects. So you got privacy, Zcash, goods to buy. Then you got here, recycle box. Uses cases are applied to uncontroversial goals to greatly increase their speed. Transparency exists. Legal framework can be recycled to accommodate these changes. Mine adaptations as an example. Okay, here we go. As an example, where a recycle box can be used is Ripple's interbank settlement system, the Ripple network. All right. Then you got the sandbox that they talk about, which is uh, some of these financial institutions. All right. Here's their conclusion. Blockchain offers the greatest promise for cross-border payments in terms of return for investment, efficient gains, and mitigation of pain points. This is the use case banks will prioritize in their blockchain strategies over the next five years. The following are considerations for large bot for large global banks as they look at DLT. Building a business care, joining a consortium, appropriate underlining technology, growing the ecosystem requires comp competition. Meeting regulatory compliance, which we talk about working with the regulators, okay? And here's then and then I and then it's some of the definition here. You have R3 quarter, hyperledger, what you what you've seen and are familiar with. Here's quorum, right? Talked about that. Just just I'm just going through there. Swift bank to bank transfer, so you understand that. Guys, so for everyone who's interested, by the way, this is in there. So I just want to point out that all the way in the beginning. All the way in the beginning of this, because I'm hitting my my time right now. I'm trying. That's why I sped through this. I always try to make this under an hour. Okay, so that is my goal. But the point of this is the DLT blockchain, and I forgot exactly where it is. But Bitcoin employs technology right here, and it will not work. Right. This is why. Literally, that's the point. 
Bitcoin employs blockchain technology to allow, in principle, an anonymous individual to enter the other subcon. Blah 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 blah. However, blockchain's lack of wider integration with technology infrastructures and its uncertain position and existing regulatory framework have hampered mass adoption. So people stay away from mass adoption because of Bitcoin, but XRP, Ripple, DLT will bring mass adoption to it because of its core. Therefore, based on this paper, now I could be completely nuts, and you think I, you, th you think I'm wrong, but based on this paper alone. The OMFIF say XRP, they don't name any, they name the JP Morgan coin because that's the largest bank, right? But XRP Ripple, which runs on with R3, with the consortium, with Hyperledger, it is better. XRP DLT is better than blockchain Bitcoin, period. All right, guys. So let me know what you think. If you made it to the end of this video, hit that like button right now. Like, comment, subscribe. Remember, 50 likes. And whoever's in the comments is eligible for two awards, okay? The Hyper, uh, the Hyper Ledger, the Ledger Nano S giveaway and 50 XRP. This, this needs to hit 50 likes though, 50 likes, and it qualifies the giveaway, okay? Make that a little easier than 50 comments. Does that work for you? And of course, we are going to dive in. Before I go, we're going to read just a little bit of scripture here, okay? Just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. And I think what we're going to do, by the way, is read. I'm just going to open it and see what happens. Okay? So here we go. This is from Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everybody, guys. And that's so important. In other words, if you are a believer... And you're talking to non-believers, know your Bible, but when you speak to them, or as I speak to you, speak with grace and understanding. Don't just speak with ignorance. And that the thing that really goes with everybody, whatever you believe in general, I think, I think how you discuss that is important. And as a believer in Christ, I think it's even more important to be like Christ as you speak to people who don't believe, guys. So that's my message. Not only with that, but same with XRP versus Bitcoin, guys. You hear how Bitcoin talks about XRP in their most arrogant ways. XRP believers, guys, hear me. As the word just said, speak with grace and understand what it is. Because when you speak with grace, it's more willing to listen. As James, as the book of James said, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger, guys. All right. So I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Let's check out the market before we go. Uh, the market is open for the stock market. And as of right now, it is down 131 points, sitting at 23.49.4. The S&P is at 28.33, down a half a percent. The NASDAQ is down a little under percent at 88.62. Gold is up 0.67%, 17.52. Oil is up 4.1%, 28.17. Let's check out the crypto market. What is going on in the Bitcoin world? We are on coin360.com and it is red across the board. Bitcoin is down 9549 9, is your total. 9,549 down a half a percent right there with the stock market. ETH. 0.73 is sitting at right around $200 XRP at 20.1, guys. Those are your main three. Do not be distracted by the, do not be distracted by the price, guys. Hold, 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 hold. That's all I'm going to tell you. Hold, hold. If you like this stuff, if you like this information today, please make sure that you like and subscribe, okay? 121 subscribers, guys. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate all that you do. You guys are awesome. I appreciate all your help. Hit the little notification bell. Let's actually see what's happening. Let's check some people. Okay, JB commented at XPR Enthusiasm. Keep myself informed through at New Creation Cap. Thanks, JB Philippines. Thank you, JB, for subscribing. The most recent subscriber. Peter Chung says, Amen. Uh, he says, I appreciate your spiritual views. I share them also. I appreciate that I can hear a fellow Christian brother help give me clarity in regards to crypto and news. Thank you, Peter. Oh, by the way, he taught me how to say, I'm going to say it for him right now. It's not Chinese Yuan. It's Chinese Yuan. Yuan, right, Peter? So when you hear this comment, right below and let me know if I said that. The Chinese Yuan versus the Japanese Yuan, right? 
boom, he helped me with that. Thank you for all your help, guys. I know I pronounced certain things wrong. If you can help me do it, I appreciate it. You can also hit me up on my Twitter, at New Creation Cap. Let me know. Thank you to the followers. Let's check and see who the most recent notification is. Not something scary. Someone, okay, some professor liked my retweet. Nathan, follow me. Uh, Mr. Smith made a comment. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate all you guys' things. Of course, you can hit me up on Publish OX. Make sure you also hit me up in the Telegram group. Um, let's see here. How can I get to the Telegram group? Let's see here. We're going to jump over and make sure you hit the link that is in the description right there and join the Telegram group, man. It's awesome to be there. And last but not least, guys, thank you for all those who are listening on the Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Radio Play, Stitcher, and of course, the Anchor platform. This is your boy, Christian Israel, and you are tuned into the New Creation Capital Podcast. This is the place where we discuss what happens in the world today, where we talk about stories that focus on current events, the stock market, and digital assets, guys. Of course, where we go one, we go all. This is not financial advice, but I always like to say, make sure you buy low. And so, hi, guys. This is a new you, a new future, and a new creation, guys. Until next time, peace and love. Later.